1: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
0: And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew. Our life, our liberty, and our property to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here in the house on Tuesday to navigate you through that revolution. And we need it because the first one was undone. We have no constitution, no freedom, no anything. And we have to recognize that. We have to recognize that we have to start from the beginning. And where do people like us, men and women of faith, faith and family, where do we go? Because the GOP clearly is not for us. I mean, you think about everything going on now. You think about the died suddenly The medical fascism, the fact that you can't get treatment in hospitals for a myriad of ailments and people are sicker than ever because they're poisoning us. The war on food, the war on fuel, the war on medical care, transhumanism, a culture going to hell, not just even from a religious standpoint, but from a procreative standpoint. You have a border overrun over the last two years with more illegal aliens than the number of people who resided in the United States at the time of our founding crime ubiquitous every last thing is a is in supply shortage you have this campaign to embrace suicide and you look at what's going on in conservative media it's as if none none of this is happening it's just a logistical question how do you win Elections with ballot harvesting and things like that. Who's the next presidential election? Kanye West, this and that, Trump's meeting. But nobody has answers on the salient questions of our time. What do we do culturally, economically? Are life, liberty, and property at stake? No one has the answers, and it's bizarre because we have broad swaths of the country where there's a majority of people who agree with us over them. We certainly have more people in support of our views than the founders did in support of breaking off from England, yet they were successful and we were not. And there's really two reasons for that. And I want to deal with one today, maybe another one later this week. One is because before you have country, you have to have God, family, and country in that order. And we lost God, then as a result, in my view, we lost family so that's why we, don't, we, we lost everything. So of course we don't have a country. And number two is, even though a majority of people, I would say, agree with us in a broad swaths of the country, but they're not as strongly informed and activated in their beliefs as the other side is in theirs, and therein lies the mismatch. So we don't have a leadership The Patriots had the Sons of Liberty. They had a leadership that was intrepid. A smaller tent, not a bigger tent that collapses, you know, among its own weight. But a small, intrepid tent that could then grow steadily, but stably. So perhaps the fact that we have a shrinking tent in this country of religious people, of family values, maybe that could make us stronger as a minority To reclaim the majority in at least swaths of the country. This is something we need to explore. But with all this going on, you have the Republican Party pushing gay marriage. I mean, is it that hard to stand in front of the people and say it's not an equal proposition to have a family with two men or two women as opposed to a mother and a father? Is it that hard For Republicans to stand up there and say you can't take an adopted kid of no fault of their own, even if you believe in licentiousness and there's nothing wrong with the agenda and the orgies and all that and the Bible doesn't exist, even if you're not Judeo-Christian at all, but just the notion that it's an equal proposition, you take a kid, same thing, putting him in a home with uh, two men as opposed to a mother and a father. Is it that hard to hold that line? Yet it's not just the 12 Republicans that are joining with the Democrats to ban marriage. And that's what it is. Because if you're saying a state cannot define marriage as a man and a woman, you're banning marriage. It's not just those 12. It's with the exception of a handful, the other way, they all really support it deep down and have no problem with it. And don't understand the societal consequences of it. When you see the proliferation of this among our children, that more than one in five now identify as as something that can't procreate, if you don't see that as a direct result of Republicans tossing this fight last generation, you're blind. But that's what it's been, because Republicans don't believe in anything, and the conservative media that props up the Republican Party doesn't believe in anything either. That's why this is really your only one-stop shop for independent conservative talk. And it's always, they're always fighting the next battle rather than the one right in front of them. Oh, how do we win 2024? Well, how about talking about pressuring Joni Ernst and pressuring two or three of these jerk-off Republicans to get off this fascism? And again, even the ones that are articulating, they're doing it around religious liberty, not on the underlying thing. And I'm fine if that's strategic, and there is some strategic value into Mike Lee's amendment, We'll talk a little bit about the mechanics of this Senate fight with uh, Bob Vanderplots coming up in a couple moments. But I just want to speak more broadly before we bring him on about this issue. We worry about our country, but you, ha- you can't have a country without God and family. And the reality is, if you watch the decline of America... But more so, you watch the decline of Europe, which was always one generation. Everything was one generation ahead of America. It, it, it correlates perfectly with the decline of faith and family. A lot of you might have seen the headline today out of the UK medias from BBC. Um, where is this? Less than half of England and Wales population Christian, according to the latest census. For the first time, fewer than half of people in England and Wales describe themselves as Christian. The census 2021 has revealed the proportion of people who said that they were Christian was 46.2 percent, down from 59.3 percent just 10 years ago. See, you know, we look at a lot of trends from 1950, 1970, but the thing is, if you just look at the last 10, 15 years, it's been trending down, you know, for, for let's say 40 years. But it was slow. It just accelerated. And and the scary nature of that is, based on that trend line, where are we going to be in 10 years from now? 37.2% professed no religion at all. 372 And that's with 6.5% saying they're Muslim. So if you had Muslim to which is subversive to uh, our culture, although, honestly, not as subversive as the pagans. That's a whole other story. We spent the last 20 years fighting Islam, but truth be told, the problem was from within. But anyway, you add those two together, you're talking about almost 44% of the population. And again, most of those who identify as Christian, it's all name only. So that's insane. Now, in America... It's not quite there, but it's the same trend line, just as severe, just we're kind of a step behind. Um, where is this? I have the data here from Gallup. You look at 70 years ago. Or no, I'm, uh, well, let, let's start with this. Weekly church attendance. Weekly church attendance. Down from 44% in two thousand to just 29% in 2021. What about just more broader church membership? 70%. 70% in 2020, 2000. I mean, again, this is when I was growing up in the 90s and we always lamented, oh my gosh, look at how secular America has become. Reagan noted that already in the late 80s in his farewell address and yet, as late as 2000, 70% were members. In 2021, it's down to 49%. 49%. Think about that. Now, in terms of identifying as a Christian, so what did we say? It was about 46 47% in, in the U.K. It's still a 69% in the U.S. And 21% no religion as opposed to 37% in the UK. So on the one hand, we, we still have a little bit more time till we get to that degree, but on the other hand, the trend line is just as severe. And you want to know why Europe embraces everything even a little bit more than America? That's why. It is all related to that. So that's the faith part. But then there's the family, which is a direct result of that. Now, first, speaking of decline as a Christian nation, uh, one thing you can do, America is only one Christian conservative wireless provider. Stop funding the pagans, the transhumanists, and those who spy on you at T-Mobile and Verizon and sign up today for Patriot Mobile at patriotmobile.com CR or call their U.S.-based and English-speaking. Yeah, it's really the only American wireless provider, 972 Patriot. Um, and when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. They give you the same cell phone coverage as anyone else. You could transfer your number over. It's very easy to make that transfer, and they actually speak English on the phone. So if you're fed up with the woke companies, the pagan, Marxist, communist, anti-life, anti-family agenda, stop supporting them, make the switch today, and get a free month of service, plus free activation to boot. That's PatriotMobile.com slash PatriotMobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT. So the Institute for Family Studies actually has a really nice article out um, yesterday on this. Not such a nice news, but it was well done. I'm just going to give you a smattering of it, just the decline of motherhood in the U.S. More U.S. women are skipping motherhood today in 2020. One in six women reaching the end of their childbearing years had never given birth according to the analysis of census data this share was lower in 2016 when 14 percent of women ages 40 to 44 had never given birth at the same time the share of women who have had two or more children declined from 32 percent in 2016 to 30 percent in 2020 so in other words. These numbers were always very enduring. It takes a long time statistically to knock down those percentages. And yet we're seeing them down, down, down every successive year. That's what is so scary about all of this. And, you know, you look, um, I think this is from Gallup. 70 years ago, a large majority of U.S. households... Approximately 80% were made up of married couples. 80% of households were married couples. Obviously, inevitably, people die, so you have widows. But 80% were married. Talking about 1950, post-World War II. In 2020, the proportion of households consisting of married couples for the first time fell under 50 to 49%. And again, that was 2020. I'm sure by now, the acceleration is probably at 47. And it's accelerating, accelerating so fast. Where married households are a minority. That's it, folks. That, there you have it. You have a small G God, you have a big G government. And you lose God, you lose faith. And you lose that, everything just goes with it. And Republicans are out there trying to codify into law Even before we get to the religious liberty issues, which will obviously arise from it. But just straight up, yeah, it's an equal proposition. You have to accept it. It's just as much as a man and a woman marrying. Like, what? That's insane. I mean, they make it seem like you have to be a Bible-thumping Christian to believe otherwise. But it's like, even if you're not, the, the notion that, Okay, so you want to have some orgies and sodomy, fine. But that that's an equal proposition to civilization, to continuity, to procreation, that that's called a marriage? And, and, and not just like, okay, so you know you want to make an arrangement for some amount of people, but that you, you put it literally as a 50-50 proposition, 100% equal in terms of adoption? Are you kidding me? But this is where the Republican Party is. This is where they are. And the conservative movement always fighting the next battle, never the one in front of you. The omnibus bill, the redefining of marriage, doesn't exist to most conservative talk radio. Turn on their shows, their podcasts, their shows, you'll you'll see exactly what I mean. Ironically, I was covering ballot harvesting eight years ago when they stole... Uh, North Carolina governorship. We don't, we don't have the trifecta in North Carolina to this day because of uh, they singularly won because of ballot harvesting and no one paid attention to it then. They're always chasing their tail onto the next thing. They never fight the issue in the way it matters at the time it matters. So this is where we are. We have a lame duck session but we're the dead ducks. A dead duck is worse than a lame duck. Because a lame duck could still quack, and you have a lame duck Congress that's going to redefine marriage, and we have no we have no leadership, no leadership against this. That that's the biggest thing that bothers me. I don't care so much that they have a super majority, you know, all Democrats and this number of Republicans, um, who support it. The question is, who opposes it? And I don't just mean people that quietly vote no. That's the problem. You need an, an, an irate, indefatigable minority to fight this sort of tyranny. We're always playing catch-up, dealing with a problem that was sown into society or law or culture by the very fake conservative movement or Republican Party that is supposedly fighting for us now. Think, think about how many years I have to spend fighting amnesty and illegal immigration that the Republican Party and a good number of conservative movement organizations were pushing until fairly recently. Some still are, really. Criminal justice reform. Remember that? Everyone's crying over crime. Crime is out of control. And I warned, I said, if you continue on this path of endorsing jailbreak, which Trump endorsed, and everyone... By the way, it's funny how everyone's talking about this fight between Kanye and Trump. Here's the irony. No one was with me when I was like, Kanye's bad news back in the day when Trump was joining with him to let out prisoners he was the guy who got him to support jailbreak again when it when it deals with discernible policy outcomes that are important to civilization somehow no one cares they only care about the pop cultural aspect of it to an end to as an end to itself and therein lies the problem and then then the grooming you know broadly most conservatives are kind of talking about the issue but the grooming came from gay marriage that type people are like oh, well Daniel I love the homosexual stuff but the transgender stuff is a bridge too far well where do you think it comes from it's all the same thing you read th- th- there's one thing that you get to the level of okay you're not so biblical anymore and you're not so against homosexuality but to redefine marriage was radical beyond belief That that naturally flows into transgenderism You're denuding man and woman. Procreation. Two men getting together is a marriage. Well, then, what's a man? What's a woman? It logically flows. But Republicans bought into all that stuff. So here we are today. Everything we're fighting, Ukraine, they bought into it. Global warming, I told you guys, ethanol, all those energy bills, those farm bills over the years, they were all bipartisan. You'll often focus on, like, you know, a couple of minute things that, oh, the Green New Deal, this or that. But the underpinnings of it, the Republicans always supported. We talked about the Kigali Amendment earlier this year that's going to destroy refrigeration and, and air conditioning. Republicans supported that. Grassley, McConnell, all these guys. Trump's EPA started regulating it. This is the thing. How bad does it need to get? Does it need to get like China for our people to wake up? I don't know. But this is the problem. It's not about focusing on the swing areas to win a national election. It's about focusing on areas that appear to be bright red, but our people are not activated, and their elected officials don't reflect those values. Because if they did, a lot of this would become moot. You'd have large swaths of the country where it would be a complete no-fly zone to do any of this. But it's not. It's not like that. You know as well as I do that almost every red school district is overrun with this, with this stuff. Almost every red county is still involved in the global warming agenda and the biomedical fascism agenda to some level. Some completely, some halfway. Depends. But we need to look inwards in our own faith and family and strengthen ourselves we need to radicalize ourselves and that's that's what my agenda is my agenda is to radicalize ourselves because i'm sorry even if we're slightly in the minority nationwide 48% let's say but we're a large majority in many states and counties of this country Remember, you know, small states get just as much sovereign jurisdiction as large states. And that was a gift given to us by Madison's design. We should utilize that. But as I have said ad nauseum the last number of years, they're not. They could be, but they're not because we don't fight for it. We ourselves are not as lit, as red-pilled. And that's the best I can do. If we would fully, fully fight for what we want, we'd be able to break away. We might not be able to win over the blue, win over the purple, um, defeat them, but we could protect ourselves at least from the impact of most of what they do. If we believed in our supposed values as strongly as the other side does, but you look at the marriage fight and it's a complete embodiment of what we're up against on every issue, that the left they pound that lectern, man, they're they're a hundred percent. We will deracinate marriage, uh, gay this, gay that, say gay, 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 and the other side's like, well, I don't know, you know, let's just get, move beyond this. Marriage, gay marriage is the law of the land anyway. Why do we need this? I'm saying even the ones opposing it, uh, please, religious liberty, you know, don't harm me, don't 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 tase me, just let me let me do my thing, they won't make the argument that after two generations of your model prevailing in culture, in politics, in law, look at what we have. Marriage is to hell. Procreation is going to hell. And you have a whole generation of kids confused beyond belief. Even though the original gay movement never envisioned a quarter of an entire generation not considering itself heterosexual, and you have no civilization, no one considered that. But now we see the results, and you can't even make that argument? It's just so bizarre. And then, there's a whole bunch of news on the vaccine side, too. If you think about it, they rewrite God's design of marriage while they rewrite God's immune system. I'll just uh, give you one data point here before we go on to our guest. Uh, Sonia Elijah, a terrific reporter at Trial Site News. We've had her on before. She was browsing through Moderna's patent for its modified mRNA COVID-19 shot. And she found the following line. In some embodiments, the therapeutic nanoparticle polynucleotide can be formulated for sustained release, as used herein. Sus- here, as used herein, sustained release refers to a pharmaceutical composition or compound that conforms to a release rate over a specific period of time. The period of time can include, but is not limited to, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. So you have it straight up that indeed. This thing can release for years. This thing can release for years. So when we look at estimates of millions dead globally, let me give you U.S. numbers because that's maybe more meaningful. But in the United States alone, let's say 400,000 dead from the shot. And let's say several million severely injured. That's just the opening act, potentially. Potentially. And still, it doesn't even register with Republicans and, and 90% of conservative noisemakers that have you know, a substantial audience, and including the ones that like kind of halfway realigned, yeah, there's problems with the shots, and then they move on. They don't want to talk about it, as if it's like a fossil from the past and not still the most devastating, consequential issue of our time and everything else coming on in its wake in terms of biomedical experimentation and tyranny and mandates. Nothing. And and, and isn't it amazing how everything they do is against procreation? So you make a marriage not a marriage, a man's a woman, confuse everyone, obviously you have the abortionist agenda, and then, you know, to begin with you have the sexual revolution where... They do that outside of marriage, so no one sees a need to get married. So they don't have kids that way. I forgot what the numbers are. It's like it's like the upper 30%, like 37, 38% of men now aren't married. have no plans to get married. Um, but women are almost as, as, as many. And then you look at the clot shots, and it's the same thing. This is from Mary Beth Pfeiffer at the Rescue blog. Good blog to check out. Uh, Or, or, I'm sorry, Rescue Substack. Nine months after mass vaccination, 110,000 fewer babies are born. In the U.S., that's in Europe. In the U.S., birth data is scarce, and few mention the F word, fertility. In perhaps the largest study on this worrisome trend, three analysts based in Germany studied data from 19 countries in Europe, they found a 7% decline in births, translating into 110,059 fewer births in the first half of 2022, so it's just a six-month period than the average of similar periods from 2019 to 2021. This emerging wave of European research, most in the last four months, is being done outside of normal channels and by independent researchers, a doctor, university professor, and legislator here, high school educator, pharmacist, and statistician there. As such a network of grassroots but statistically savvy people is stepping into a void left by government and regulatory agencies who reject the possibility of vaccine harm in all but a few discrete cases. And that's what it is. A movement of very smart people has cropped up and I've worked with some people um, that are stepping in, but it's very telling how you have the worst civilizational genocide and they won't say a word about it because they can't. Written in German and translated into French, the European study reported drops in births of more than 10% in five countries and 10 others. Births declined from 4 to 9.4%. The highest decline, 18.8%, was in Romania. Um, this very alarming signal cannot be explained by COVID-19 infections, concluded the August 25th report which as in the Swiss report saw parallels between huge vaccination campaigns and nine months later, the start of what one report called a baby gap. The correlation with the vaccination campaign and the situation at the time suggests that the vaccination had physiological influences on the fertility of women or men. So there you have it, folks. It all ties together. It's funny. As much as I believe in our you know, Judeo-Christian founding. I believe in the constitutional values. I believe in biblical values. Um, it's, it's a part of my life. You know, I go to services every day, not just every week. Certainly a big part of my life. But I'm not even making that argument. It's actually more of a transhumanist biomedical eugenics issue than it is even a biblical values issue at this point. That's what I'm saying. The biblical values is, okay, you have a handful of people doing orgies you are like, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's, as a society, kind of be okay with that." that. That's what the original thing was about. But saying that that's a marriage and promoting it viciously and obsessively to the point that, you know, half the population then says that they identify as that, well, that, I mean, that's not even a, biblical values issue anymore. It's nothing to do with anything. That's a continuity of civilization issue, which not coincidentally seems to wind up with the same results as COVID fascism and biomedical tyranny. Remember Bill Gates, if we do a really good job with vaccination, we could reduce the world population. Everything seems to go to that. And if you look at the, all the numbers, I mean, boy, are they successful. You look at the marriage rates, you look at the birth rates. And again, in my view, that flows very seamlessly from the decline in worship, belief in God. Um, I mean, any, any measure, any measure, uh, you know, every Western country is rapidly declining and America is slightly behind some of those other Euro- European countries. So now's the time... When we need to fight pedal to the metal. So with that said, I want to get a little bit of an update on where we are with this marriage bill. So Bob Vanderplas has been a longtime friend of our good friend Steve Dace, and now he's become a friend of this show as well. He's a president of the family leader in Iowa, and unfortunately, really one of the few that's awake. I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre that you have at a time where I thought. On the right, we universally understood the problem of grooming, of transhumanism, transgenderism, uh, redefining humanity, sexuality. A marriage is no different than than redefining sexuality, in my view. And yet, very few conservatives I see are even talking about it, noticing it's happening. It's a lame duck senate of of all uh, times to, to redefine something so enduring. And it's a little bit bizarre. I mean, from some of those bigger names you're hearing, uh, you don't really see much activity on this front, but it is going down. There was another cloture vote last night. And Bob has been following this both inside very closely, politically speaking with some of these senators, and then the outside game from the grassroots churches. Is there some good news coming out of all this? We'll explore that and more with Bob. Hey, Bob, thanks so much for coming back on CR Podcast here at Blaze Media.
1: Daniel, I really appreciate you having me and you're right. This is an important conversation that your listeners need to tune in on.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything flows from this. It's become abundantly clear, I think um I never felt this way but I can understand how maybe 15 to 10 to 15 years ago, all right, just give them their their certificate and and, and fine. But now we see that It was a lot more than just giving them their certificate and fine. And not just from the religious liberty standpoint, which I think is obvious, but just from a societal standpoint, when you have, according to Gallup, 21% of Gen Z now identifies as something other than something that could procreate. That's a big problem. That's a civilization problem, right? I mean, I'm not hearing anyone make that argument, but before we get into the Senate, um. Isn't this about a lot more than religious liberty?
1: Oh, it definitely is. A matter of fact, uh, one of our arguments, even with the senators, is you need to connect the dots. One of the things you just mentioned about is that Gen Z, if 21% are really identifying as LGBTQ today, uh, that's an issue. The other issue is you got boys playing in girls' sports. You don't know what restroom to use. You have the whole transgender phenomenon going on. And the thing is, it's all connected back to marriage, because a marriage, yes, it's a union between a male and a female, but it's also God's identity, and when you start unraveling that, all heck is going to break loose. So what you're doing is you're seeing all heck breaking loose, and a lot of people, whether you're a business owner, you're a teacher inside the classroom, or you're a ministry leader, what you're going to see, you're saying, how did we ever get here? Well, if you connect the dots, it goes right back to a foundation of the institution of marriage, which de- clearly defines the sexes as male and female.
0: It, it boggles the mind how it is so hard for Republicans to articulate this. So I, w- I want to get through the the vote count a little bit. We had a cloture vote um, to get on the bill. Uh, Twelve Republicans joined every Democrat to do that. Then last night we had another vote on this Tillis Collins fake religious liberty amendment that the same Republicans voted for. Can you discuss that amendment a little bit, and then what's the timeline for the upcoming votes?
1: Well, well that amendment that they voted on last night, and again, we were hoping that uh, they wouldn't get 12 Republicans uh, on that amendment. That amendment is basically a fig leaf, if anything, to try to protect religious liberty, but every one of them knows— uh, this is going to do nothing to protect religious liberty. matter of fact, I really believe your leftist Democrats do not want to protect religious liberty. It used to be, and you kind of said this in your opening, Daniel. It was about Nancy and Susie sharing a garden and just let them live their life. You know that's what that's all they wanted, but today it is about no, 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 I don't care if you're First Baptist church or if you're the family leader or if you're a Christian adoptive agency or foster care agency, you need to embrace the LGBTQ agenda with all your might and all your strength. Otherwise, you know, we are going to basically disallow you to participate in the upbringing of our children. So this is a big issue. It's a religious liberty issue. I think Mike Lee and other great senators like Ted Cruz or James Langford, And others, they saw this was a fake leaf, and there's a big shout out to Senator Lee, who really put together a strong religious liberty amendment to protect churches, to protect Christian ministries from a onslaught, a weaponizing of the government against our very way of life. So that the vote on the Baldwin Collins amendment that went through last night, the same Republicans who voted for cloture. Uh, And sadly, our Senator Joni Ernst in Iowa voted for this as well, voted again for this. But now we're hoping that the Republican senators will stand with Senator Lee on his amendment that would give comprehensive religious liberty protection. Uh, It needs a 60-vote threshold. They, They need to stand with Senator Lee and really force the Democrats that if you want this bill, we're going to put in the strongest religious liberty protection that we can. We believe that vote is going to happen around 2.45, and I believe that's central time.
0: Yes, so that that will be today. Now, here's the key for people to understand. It could be that every Republican will support that, maybe. But that gets you 50 votes. It um, needs 60. So it will fail in that sense. So now you have the bill without the Lee Amendment. And then that's really where we need to ramp up the pressure, right, to say, look, um, and and I I know you agree with me that it shouldn't even have to come down to this. It should be so obvious as a civilization how any Republican, even if they're not into biblical values at all, how they could just see what's going on in, in society and support this lame duck right now with everything going on to empower the Democrats. It just it just it's. It's insane. It's ludicrous. But nonetheless, those arguments are going to get through to them. The strongest one that would is to say you're going to harm churches, you're going to harm your constituents, religious liberty, fine. So the Lee Amendment, it's not going to be in there at the end of the day because you're not going to get Democrats supported. So then there's going to be one final cloture vote. Um, what could people who, – who are the most important players in this game?
1: Well, I think what it is, I think you're, you're right. You're not going to get 60 votes on the Lee Amendment – initially, unless three Republicans were to say, listen, uh, we're not voting for this uh, codification of same-sex marriage into the civil code unless the Lee Amendment's on it. And now you're going to force the Democrats' hands. Either you agree to the Lee Amendment, and then we will pass this bad bill through, but at least with religious liberty protection, or It becomes a poison pill and we will sink the bill. Now, we would like to believe that all 12 Republicans who voted for closure would say religious liberty means enough to us and the protection of it that we will not pass any bill unless we make sure it has the best religious liberty protection that there is. The fact is, we're not convinced on that. So, whether you're in Missouri, you need to contact Blunt's office. If you're in North Carolina, What is Burr, what is Blunt or Burr doing voting for this in the first place? But you need to contact Burr's office. Uh, If you're in West Virginia, Capitol. If you're in Maine, I know Maine, Collins might not be, but I'd still contact her. Yeah. Wyoming, you got Loomis. Alaska, you got Murkowski, and I know that's another tough one, but I would still contact her. Portman in Ohio. Uh, Romney, I wouldn't contact him in Utah. He got his church to back this bill. Uh, but you got Tillis in North Carolina, Joni Ernst, we're contacting her in Iowa. You got Young in Indiana. You, got, you also got Tillis in North Carolina. These are people that need to be contacted to say hold firm until Mike Lee's amendment is agreed upon to be part of the bill or sink the bill. If they were to do that, Daniel, that would at least allow these senators to save some faith. Yep in the midst of a really, really, really unfortunate scenario in a lame duck session.
0: So it's very clear at this point that, you know, if you don't add that amendment, forget about marriage or anything, bake the darn cake is going to be codified into law, um, and and there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Again, it shocks me that we're even at this point, but I want to peel back another layer. I would be... Somewhat optimistic if there were twelve Republicans that were supportive of this, but then there were thirty eight that were like pedaled to the metal, screaming from the rooftops. But the reality is, there's a lot of hope. Yes, vote no, going on there. Um, I I don't see anyone in leadership even speaking out about the problems about this. They're like, all right, all right I just want to let, let this thing go away. Um, could you give us a sense of how many are really helpful? And what's the highest-ranking person who is helpful?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, obviously, we, we talked about Senator Lee. Now, you, under, you see Mitch McConnell's name is not in there, who leads your Senate. John Thune's name is not in there, who leads your Senate. But they're not, also not being vocal by saying, don't pass this. Yes. Make sure you got the religious liberty. You're looking for leadership here. They're not so whipping the against provide. it. Well, I do know this, Daniel. That Senator Cruz, who you know, he and I have a long-time relationship as his national co-chair for his presidential campaign. But he told me that in a Republican Senate caucus, or maybe it was a Republican Senate lunch, someone brought up the idea this could really hurt Herschel Walker in Georgia. If, if the Republicans do this in a lame duck session, the voters, the evangelical voters in yep. Georgia may throw up their hands and say, what difference does it make? I'm done doing this. And a senator stood up and said, they will never, basically, they will never connect those dots. (laughs) This is not going to suppress the turnout in Georgia. And Senator Cruz said, he goes, he stood up and he brought one of my tweets up. And he said, have you ever met an evangelical before? (laughs) Because if you've met an evangelical, let me tell you what they're saying. then he read a tweet of mine to the, to the the senators that were in this luncheon. So what it is is you got Senator Lee fighting hard, you got Senator James Lankford fighting hard. Uh, to Steve Dace's uh, you know dismay or you know, surprise, you got Senator Lindsey Graham fighting hard on this. You got <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz fighting hard on this, basically saying, guys, you are you are weaponizing the federal government against the very base that you count on to get to win re I remember Joni Ernst in 2020, she called me from her campaign bus, and she was all kinds of distraught because her poll numbers were upside down. And she needed our base to turn out for her to win re-election. She was in a very, very tough fight here in the state of Iowa. And I assured her, I said, Joni, we are all in for you. We are going to turn out our base. The polls will not pick up our base, but we are mobilizing. And she wins by six points. But now she crossed the Potomac River and now the sniff of leadership has way more appeal than those who actually got her there. So that's the key to what you're saying.
0: I want to make this clear to our listeners. It's not the 12 people at the left goalpost of the GOP. It's you have those 12 people because this center field, the center gravity of the party, the leadership, they're tacitly behind this. I mean, the McConnell's, the Cornyn's, the Thune's, those type of guys, they might vote no in the end, maybe. Um, but ultimately, they're not bothered by this one iota. And therein lies oh, no. the problem. And let's not forget, Bob, that in the House side, too, you know, what was there, 44 or so voted for it? You say, all right, that's about a fifth. Um, of the GOP conference. But again, to be clear, they they said vote your conscience. They wouldn't whip against it. And, you know, I think this is just important going into this and other issues. Everyone's focused on the tightrope walk of Kevin McCarthy in the House majority. It is the slimmest majority you can imagine. And I always tell people, do you know who just had that same majority, same margin? The Democrats. Literally, they right now yeah. have that. And somehow that's never a problem. And the reason they don't have a problem with the Republicans like, uh, you know, Spanberger or Slotkin, some of those in the you know, marginal, you know, purplish districts, is because the party leadership is intrepid in their values. So you don't have... You don't have a problem with that, whereas here, it's not a matter of a handful of Republicans here and there. First of all, a lot of them seem to be from from bright red states, too, um, not even from marginal areas. But it's leadership themselves. I mean, what I'm gathering from you when I asked you, because you're involved in this, high-ranking people involved. You mentioned Cruz. You mentioned Lee. You mentioned Lankford. You even mentioned Lindsey Graham. I don't hear a leadership guy there.
1: No, there isn't. There is, And that's, that's the issue, because at the end of the day, Daniel, and you're hitting on this, leadership and the Republican Party, they want this issue to go away. They want yes. to get it behind them. They believe this is how they win reelection. Stop talking about these divisive issues like marriage and male and female and all this other stuff. Let's get it behind us, and let's be as woke as the lefts are, and then America is going to embrace us. When in fact, if they would do a case study on Ron DeSantis in Florida, a case study on Kim Reynolds in Iowa, they would see that bold leadership, especially on these issues. They won in landslides in their their respective states, and they're supposed to be toss-up states. But nobody saw that coming. For heaven's sakes, Ron DeSantis took on Disney, and yet we have these senators going, yeah, but let us see if we can codify same-sex marriage into law. Which makes no sense it's a losing proposition not only for their own future political careers, but it's a losing proposition for anything that we want to conserve, which is the definition of conservatives, um, to try to move the ball forward in in, yep. in in our in our direction
0: and I want people to realize that as we go through this lame duck session and get screwed on other issues, including potentially the omnibus bill. Ah, uh, denuding us of any leverage to fight on the budget, you know, for another year. Again, don't don't listen to this stuff. Oh, we don't have the votes. It's not true. Democrats need to flip ten Republicans. So you could say maybe you can get Collins, Murkowski, and Romney, um, but to get to ten, if McConnell would be whipping against it, is 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 a tough order for them, on on this and other and what, issues.
1: And what your listeners need understand, and this is where say a McConnell or a Thune or anybody, if they wanted to get votes. They need three of those 12 Republicans to say, nope, we're not going, not unless you give us the Lee Amendment. So if you really won the Lee Amendment, you just have to convince three of them. And I guarantee you Joni Ernst would be one of them because she will go where leadership tells her to go. That's why I think she's voting for this right now, because she's also going to be the policy director in the, in the, yep. in the Republican Senate caucus right now. So I think what is, if they wanted three, they could get three, and they could stop this in its tracks and either defeat this bill or pass the bill, but at least with the Lee Amendment, which makes it hard for me to stomach that you're still going to pass the bill with the Lee Amendment, but it's better than where we're at today.
0: Yeah, and I, I honestly doubt they would. If if Republicans would hold firm on that, I think Democrats would, would live to fight another day because they don't want to see it go down, and when they've come this close, I'm almost positive they would walk away from it for now. Um, but I want to get to another important part, obviously a big part of why, you know, the values have gone down the toilet is because the left has their church and they have many churches. They have a church on every square inch of society. It's the big, big business is the biggest one now, the last generation, but adding to what they've always had, which is entertainment and culture and foundations and media and academia and everything um you know the original churches were all kind of our side had but they've really fallen down and to the extent they've taken up the banner on the abortion issue they've run away from the homosexual agenda and i don't mean just one or two notches okay i'm not going to hold kind of the full biblical line but at least have a retreat line here no just whatever you want we're not touching and we're terrified Um, And I think at its core, that is why we are where we are today on this issue and many, many other issues. But Mm -hmm. I was surprised that there was pushback against some of these red state Republicans, Cynthia Lummis in Wyoming, uh, Joni Ernst in Iowa, uh, for doing this. Could you describe a little bit the outside grassroots from the churches? And is this – does this represent a paradigm shift where you think churches are going to get bolder?
1: Well, Uh, We truly believe so. We're seeing it within our ministry, and we're now, we have a footprint in 15 states right now, and our goal is to bring the church together that still believes in the Word of God to be true, and believes that Jesus is the way, not a way. And, And if they believe that, then they're welcome to be part of our church network. God's always worked through a remnant before, and we're seeing that with this remnant, is that you're getting more and more of a bold and courageous spirit because they're looking around, and at least they're saying, we're not alone. So in the little state of Iowa right now, Daniel, we got 2,200 churches uh, plugged into our ministry here at the Family Leader. In those 15 states, we're well over 25,000. And what we saw uh, after this vote in particular is we saw pastors not being political but being biblical and, be, and also being culturally relevant, but alluding to this vote of saying this is what happened. And the one pastor that I watched, he said, listen, I don't want to be political. This is about Republican or Democrat, but the Republicans seem to think they wear our jersey, and yet they're the ones who advanced this bill. And then he went on to say, he goes, and I'm sad to say, but one of our senators, and then he mentioned Joni Ernst, voted for this. And I thought, that's being, that's being biblical, it's being yeah. culturally relevant, something of extreme importance to our culture and society is at stake, and you need to be aware of this. And so, to me, I'm seeing a more bold and courageous spirit, because I think the churches are also seeing, they're coming after you as well. Yes. And they're coming after you, can you actually teach Romans 1, can you actually teach the fullness of the scriptures anymore? Or do you have to take edit and take out some things because it doesn't fit the woke agenda?
0: So let me ask you a complicated question based on that, you know, trend-wise. Obviously, it's heart-wrenching looking at these trends in, uh, you know, in culture, the rapid, rapid decline of um, people identifying with religion, people attending services, you um, you know, you you look and I'm trying to see the numbers here, the latest Gallup numbers, but it goes down every year in terms of people who regularly attend church. Um, and then, you know, they had a question who attended the last seven days. So that's kind of your most hardcore as late as 2000, which is, you know, we would have said that was during a rapid decline period back then um, It's 44%. And in 2021, it's just 29%. In terms of a broader member, uh, measure of church membership, 2,070% said they were a member of some sort of religious institution. Um, that is down from 70 to 49 in 2021. Now, we lament that, and I believe that that is the source of our problems or reflective of the source. But is there a double edge to this where we become a smaller tent, but perhaps maybe more effective,
1: yeah, and that's, I think, Daniel, what I was talking about with remnant. Um, as a remnant. Matter of fact, I, I tell people all the time, and I, I see these statistics, and I believe the statistics. <clears throat> but I always tell them uh, the demise of the Christian church, the demise of the gospel is greatly exaggerated. And the reason I say that is because we've been praying for a long time that there'd be a purging of the church, <laughs> meaning a purging of the church that those who are basically a social club with a cross, but who are leading people astray, meaning they're not preaching the truth of of the gospel or of God's word, which is uncomfortable for all of us, if we're honest. But they, they need to be speaking it. What we're seeing is that the churches that are being faithful to the word of God, they are the ones who are growing. The ones that are declining, especially during COVID, they shut down for a long time and they are not coming back. We're seeing almost a healthy purging of the church. Mm. And as a teacher, I always tell people, you can fool a fool, and you can con a con, you cannot kid a kid. And kids, the younger, the, your, your next, they want authenticity. Even the LGBTQ activist, Donna Redwing, she and I had this unique relationship, it's been well-documented, But what she so appreciated about me and my belief is I was authentic about it. I wasn't moving. I wasn't being swayed with the wind about it. Where she had a lot of disrespect, where those churches were basically selling out what they are supposed to believe in so that they can fit with the culture and try to get more money, and they run after the money, so to speak. Those churches, I believe, are being purged. And that's where I think COVID was a good thing, where it's an actual purging of the church but you're seeing that the church has been remaining faithful to God's Word and to the comprehensive nature of the gospel. they are growing, and we're seeing it in every state we're involved in.
0: No, I think that's really something to think about provides us with the opportunity to just push back now and yes, you have to get biblical, and if that means calling out these people from the pulpit, that's what the left does in their churches, uh whatever you want to call them, um they've been doing that forever. And you got to fight fire with fire. We're fighting for survival. Um, one, one technical thing here I was thinking, obviously we don't want to prejudge losing this fight, but I was just wondering what we would do uh, on two fronts. So, number one, do you think it's easier to take this down than fell In other words, even though, as we well know, a, a federal court redefining marriage should be weaker than Congress doing so, but... Our culture is kind of the opposite with judicial supremacism and everything. It's like there was no stomach to overturn Obergefell, even though, um, you know, the Dobbs opinion easily does by a factor of 100 because it's certainly not rooted in history and tradition. But whereas if Congress does this now to kind of tell states directly, even though Obergefell really does this, but Congress doing it would be easier to hit at it now in in the lower courts and get this perhaps – you know, more auspicious of an outcome in, in the Supreme court.
1: Yeah. I hate to, I hate to ever put my trust into the court, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand the logic behind that. I think what this is, is we need to reclaim and re the marriage debate. And I think you do that by showing the connection of the dots. Matter of fact, I've said, I said back then, and I, I say it often now, is that Justice Sotomayor, where she and I disagree on about everything. But she asked a very relevant question in the Obergefell case. She said, if we take off the parameters of male and female to constitute a marriage, what now will, will constitute a marriage? I mean, if you're taking away the parameters, I mean, what religion... Are you to say that's limited to two? Why can't it be five or seven or nine or whatever sure. you want it to be?
0: If anything, you could procreate. And I mean, that's more rooted in history and tradition, whether you like it or not, and it could procreate.
1: Sure. And if you want to say you and your black lab constitute a marriage, who's, who's to say that's wrong? Would you take away the parameters and then all of anything goes? Well, what you're seeing is that the parameters got taken away. Now it is an anything-goes thing. And you saw the soccer moms in Virginia rise up and elect a Governor Yunkin, a state that Biden won by 10 points. Why? Because of this woke garbage getting in their schools. You see a governor of Iowa and Kim Reynolds reading out loud from a textbook the garbage that's in the schools and basically demanding school choice. So some of this stuff is having a, having a, uh, a reverberating effect. At the local level. You see a Governor DeSantis doing the same kind of thing. So we never thought universal school choice would be as discussed as it is today in a multitude of states, but in particular in the state of Iowa. What's going to happen is that this woke agenda is going to collapse on itself. And the parents who take Deuteronomy 6 seriously, that is their right to raise mm-hmm. and train up a child, you're going to see them excising their options. And I think that's—so there's some good threads, or some silver lining in all of this, but you still need your senators to do the right thing. And when they don't, you need to call them out, but you also need to hold them accountable.
0: Well, very well said. And and again, if this does pass, we'll have to really focus on state legislatures, and it's time to interpose. There's got to be a limit to what the federal government can do. Um, It cannot redefine God's word. It can't redefine the source of unalienable rights. Um, fun fact, even where homosexuality itself was criminalized, technically, there was never a federal law preventing the state from adopting gay marriage ever in our history. Yet that is what this would do in the reverse, Um, which is unbelievable. There's no way that's legal. And it's something that we'll have to look at. With these state legislatures, in addition to, you know, just like you said, some of this cultural trash, legislatures need to start banning drag shows, criminalizing the use of some of this material in the school uh, with uh, causes of action against those individuals who do that. I mean, now is the time I think we need to lean in on this. I think polls have shown we are actually winning on this. because I think, like you said, it's, a, it's almost like an asset bubble that pops, you know, a housing bubble. So you have a cultural rock-up bubble. I mean, at some point, it just reaches the other end. Um, it's, it's not cool anymore, you know? It's just <laughs> not cool.
1: No, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And so I think what we do is we take advantage of those silver linings. But if you're a business owner, you know you're being made to care. If you're a religious leader, you know you're being made to care. If you're an educator, you know you're being made to care. Now it's time to let your voice be heard and said. you know what, we're not doing this stuff anymore.
0: Yep, you guys have your target list, marching orders. Um, Again, it's familyleader.org is where to find you.
1: Thefamilyleader.com.
0: Familyleader.com for updates on this. Bob, thanks so much for joining us today, and please keep us uh, updated. God bless.
1: All right, God bless you. Thank you, Daniel.
0: And folks, there you have it. Bob Vanderlotz certainly has given us a lot to think about. Um, He's really been on the forefront of this for many years. And he, you know, he's not just an Iowa person. His, his reach is very far, but um his reach in Iowa is obviously enormous, and that does help being the first in the nation caucus for the presidential election. I mean, he really does make sure that nobody bad could get past Iowa. Um, technically, if you look at it, technically, technically, um, the establishment person has not won Iowa uh, in a very long time since he's had his influence. And, uh, you know, certainly we'll, we'll see what happens with Joni Ernst others. But make sure you call if you're in one of those states. Make sure you get out there. Call your senator. Um, this is much more important and influential than voting. Uh, but, but again, some interesting thoughts. Maybe a small tent is better. And what I mean by that is sometimes God gives us a challenge, but with that challenge, with that sunset is a sunrise. And you have an opportunity to rebuild better, <laughs> to take a slogan out of the World Economic Forum, build back better. You know, <laughs> We need our own build back better because the party has been rotten, the conservative movement has been rotten, the Christian church has been rotten, um, you know, just religiosity in America in general. Even those of us who define ourselves as godly, biblical people, you know, how much of that filth did we inculcate ourselves with? And in our own homes, our own neighborhoods, our own communities, we need to start making it clear this is unacceptable. It's not going to happen. Um, being bold and proud of it, especially if you're in a red area, make it red. Um, and I think from there you could branch out. Right now we have a lot, a of, lot, of, a lot of nothing. Um, had Republicans won that big swath of land, uh, what people thought they would have won, those Republican pollsters were predicting, what would we have really won? I think this is a, a, a case where as long as we stay focused, but this is the key, you have to stay focused on outcomes. There's a lot we can achieve with this. So let me know what you think, what your thoughts are. Um, do you see signs of some churches getting better uh, interesting story, by the way, you know, in my own religion, it was a similar thing. I, I had a neighbor who, um, you know, he was, his whole life attended this reform, you know, leftist type of place, reform Judaism thing. And of course, you know, they were ha- closed forever and had zoom and, uh, you know, a traditional Orthodox rabbi was lives in the neighborhood, was walking down the street one Saturday and bumps into the guy and said, Hey, you know, what's your story? you, you. You know, going going to services is like, no, they're still on Zoom. He's like, hey, why don't you come with me? And the guy came with him to an Orthodox uh, synagogue and uh, never never looked back. And he became religious, became biblical. And I wonder if there's a lot of that going on in in certainly Christianity as well. Uh, that's sometimes how you purge, and sometimes God does does that surgery for us. But again, we have to utilize that advantage He's giving us. For the goals we need to achieve, and that takes focus, and that's why we're going to remain focused. We have a lot more special guests coming up this week as well. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com is the email, at C19 Truth Bombs is the telegram, and when I get restored, if I get restored on Twitter, it will be at RM Conservative. Until next time, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.